Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gate's daily podcast. If you love Wisdom's Echo and want to invest in the lives of our speakers, head to patreon.com slash wisdoms echo, where for as little as $2 a month, you can help us deliver the same impactful content you enjoy. Hey everyone, Mario Salinas here with Storytime. Delighted to be bringing a story to you from a uh, an episode in my life that goes back a ways and yet something that I think about very often and today I'm delighted to bring you there with me and see what you think. On the very first day of demolitions training in the Green Berets, I learned a very important lesson about explosives. The instructor brought with him a brick of TNT which was a one pound rectangular brick of TNT the explosive TNT and he held it in his hand and he kept tossing it up in the air while he was talking to us uh, to our chagrin of course because we thought if he drops that thing we're gonna be in trouble here and he kept emphasizing how dangerous TNT is and how important it is as as those who would be trained in the arts of demolition that we exercise extreme caution in handling TNT and the other explosive we trained with, which was C4, which is more of a plastic explosion that he did not bring to the class that day. And as he, as he elaborated on the dangers of TNT, on the explosive power of even one pound of TNT, which is what he held in his hand and kept tossing up in the air, he started to fumble with it. And then he acted as though he was dropping it and then he did drop it and all of us who were seated on logs in a pie-shaped uh, class around him basically hit the ground with our faces buried in the ground expecting to be vaporized because this dangerous substance and material he had been describing to us had just been dropped. Of course, I'm here telling this story because nothing happened. The reason why nothing happened in the very first lesson we learned is that an explosive material such as TNT or C4 or other explosives in and of itself is a very stable material. It will not explode just by falling on the ground or by getting dropped or by having something uh, drop on it. You could take a hammer to it, which he actually demonstrated later. He took a hammer to it and kept beating it until he grounded into powder. He lit a flame and he held a Zippo lighter underneath it and it started to melt the TNT, but the TNT of course did not explode and it's because it's a very stable material. However, once a detonator is inserted in the explosive device, then the detonator, which is very unstable, very finicky and many times very, how could I say it, uh, precariously put together, depending on what part of the world you are, that is what will cause the explosion because the detonator will go off and then the detonator will ignite with such force the explosive device that will magnify the explosion significantly. So, he had detonators with him, but he had them separate from the TNT. They were in a, in a case surrounded by cotton swabs. 
uh, very delicately put there. They looked like cigarettes. They were about the shape and size of a small cigarette and they were metallic. They were silver metallic objects and the detonator would be of course attached to a fuse, which is what you would light or you would use an electrical uh, charge to send power to the detonator to cause the detonator to explode and then the explosion of the detonator would ignite the, the TNT or the C4 and it goes from there. And it was in that class that we learned that it's not the TNT or the C4 that has the greater danger for us, but it's actually the detonator. And we were taught from the beginning to handle detonators with extreme care, to always have the detonating device separate from the explosive device, to never have them together until it's time to on the target, attach the detonator to the explosive device, which you do with extreme care, and then walk away briskly. You never run away from lighting a fuse. You always walk away briskly. These are some of the things that are not classified that I can share. You can find them online. And so uh, one of the, the things we were taught was to how to make a hole in the TNT block with a specific tool in a, in a portion of the TNT in the center of it that had a plastic cover on it that would be poked with this tool and a hole would appear and then the detonator would be inserted gently into that hole to go into the center of the block of TNT. When we were working with TNT, in the case of C4, it's very malleable and very, uh, it's almost like uh, Play-Doh. You can wrap it around the, the detonator in whatever fashion you want. But TNT had this thin film of plastic in the center, which had to be poked with a specific tool that had, it was like an auger, a small auger or a small uh, pointing uh, tool that would, that would puncture a hole and then enlarge that hole to make it large enough to, to insert the detonator in. And we were taught how to do this with, with detonators that did not have explosive in them, did not have gunpowder in them. We were taught how to insert the detonators into the TNT uh, we, we did a lot of dry runs, but then came the time when we had to do this live, where we had to use an actual live detonator in an actual live brick of TNT. And our objective was to blow over a small tree. They, they had been logging trees up in this mountain range where we were training, and the special forces had requested through the government channels that they leave um, about 10 feet of each tree in the ground, you know, they would leave the tree in the ground and about 10 feet of the tree would be sticking up over the ground so that we would train in how to fell those trees by placing an explosive device at the base of it and using the exact amount of, of C4 or TNT necessary to blow over the tree. Of course, simulating a pillar or a pole or a post or something in enemy territory that we would be actually working on if we were in live combat situations. And so this particular tree was about 10, 12 feet tall. Uh, they had cut, of course, the top of it off and it was sticking up out of the ground and we were to place my partner, and I, whose, whose name was Christos, which is my son's name. Uh, he and I, it's a very common name in Cyprus. So Christos and I were to place this, um, this explosive device at the base of the tree and we were to 
walk away briskly and, and go over the mountain slope, <clears throat> over the ridge to the other side where our comrades were waiting for us to hear the sound and to feel the vibration in the ground of the explosion that we would cause and to then go and see the results. And of course, precision was the key here to, to knock over the tree just right. There was a lot at stake that day. It's, it's very hard for me to describe in just a few minutes how much pressure was on us to perform uh, not just uh, perfectly, but magnificently. We had to do this right. You had to make calculations. You had to know exactly how much TNT to use. And of course, you had to then do the very dangerous thing of inserting the detonator into the TNT. And when Christos and I got down there, and we did everything we had to do and prepped. We had a time limit of, of a few minutes to get everything done. And of course, we had about a minute and 40 seconds after we lit the fuse. It was, a, it was an actual uh, old school fuse that would be lit with matches and so on. And there's a specific technique that we learned in how to light one. Uh, because you can't just light a fuse with a match like they show in the movies. You have to have a certain start to it. And there's a procedure to do that. And that may be classified, so I'm going to leave that alone. But we had to basically light the fuse and had about a minute and a half to a minute and 40 seconds to get over the ridge by walking briskly to meet the others. And the overall thing we had five minutes for. And when we got down there, to our horror, we realized we'd forgotten the tool that pokes the hole in the TNT. We had about three or four pounds of TNT in order to knock over this, this tree stump. We had measured, we knew the diameter of the tree, knew, we knew how thick it was, we knew how much TNT we would need to fell it. And, and we realized we didn't have the tool. So the initial charge would not be possible unless that detonator went in the TNT, but there was a film of plastic that had to be broken and we didn't have the right tool to do this with. So we found a jagged rock and we started to poke into of course tnt by itself is not is not a problem you can hit it all you want we banged it with the rock tried to make a hole in the middle but after doing this for a while we were only barely able to to obtain a tiny hole just enough to poke the detonator in it and to be able to at least get the tip of the detonator in and, and this is the part where I still get nervous when I think about it. I've woken up in cold sweat many, many nights since then. But in my absolute panic that this wasn't working, we were running out of time, I took a small branch and I started to hit the detonator from behind, attached to the, to the fuse. I kept banging the detonator to get it deeper into the TNT. And when I looked around, I saw that Christos wasn't there. He was behind a rock and he said, you are crazy. We are going to die. Do not do that. You know how sensitive the detonator is. And he kept yelling all these things to me. But I kept banging that detonator till I got it in the middle of the TNT. Obviously, we didn't die. If we had failed and if this had detonated, they would have never found any piece of us there definitely me but maybe Christos would have survived because he was behind a big rock but when I got done we lit the fuse and we briskly walked up and went to the other side and needless to say the thing went off we did we, we felt it before we heard it and we had over calculated because we didn't want to fail and unfortunately for us 
the tree did not only just topple over, it completely flew over us. The, the portion of the tree flew over us to the other side of us. We, Christos and I were made to roll down the mountain in the thorns for the rest of the day as a punishment for what we had done. But we never told our instructor what happened with the detonator. That we'd forgotten the tool and what had happened. So I'm coming to the, the crux of this story because I've thought about this so many times in my life. Should I have done that? It was such a risk. Many would say an unnecessary risk. And there are times when I said I would have never done that in this stage of my life. When, it, For example, when my firstborn was born, when my kids were little, when I on my wedding day, when I think about the things that were so important in life I would have missed if that detonator had gone off in that TNT and I was vaporized, I thought, is it worth it? Would it, would it have been worth it? And the answer, of course, is no. That was an unnecessary risk. That was stupid. That was youth, youthful foolishness. But there were times in my life when I faced things that were very difficult and decisions in particular that would put me at a very dangerous place that I would be potentially misunderstood or misrepresented or attacked or oppressed. And, and when I came to that place of making that decision, I found myself banging that detonator in the TNT all over again. And if you were to ask me today, after living so many years since that day and having so many experiences in life and so many challenges to face and to overcome, I would say to you, if I were to do it over, I believe I would do the same thing. Because we had a mission, I knew what was at stake, I could not go back having failed. And for me in that particular instance, I had to do what had to be done to get it done. And if it meant I die trying, so be it. There are times that you have to cross the Rubicon, as they say. You have to draw the line and come over to the, to the other side. And I believe that the best results will be obtained when the fear of death and the fear of reproach and the fear of, of man in general will be overcome. Now, I'm not saying to be foolish unnecessarily, and I'm not saying to take risks that don't need to be taken, but there are times you have to lay everything on the line. And I believe I'm a product today. What we are living today is a household of faith and light. As a married man, as a father, as a grandfather, as, as a man who leads in some capacity in the body of Christ, I would say I am a product of decisions that I made that would have made no sense to others having to make the right decision in that moment. And I made the right decision because I took myself out of the equation. I believe many of you listening to this right now have done this as well. You have faced the, the odds that were against you. You have faced the mountains that were impassable and unclimbable, but you've overcome and you've managed to make the right decision and you've laid yourself down for the cause that was greater than you. And if you are facing a difficult decision today, I encourage you with God to make a decision based on and to take action based on the long-term results and the thing that matters the most, which is your mission and your calling and, and fulfilling your scroll even if it's against your own uh, advancement or comfort or satisfaction in the moment. Be encouraged today. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I bless you in the name of Yeshua. Shalom.